Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. That was LLMSD by Ajiko, before that was Hot Sauce by NCT Dream, and you're listening to Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. We've got an awesome row of discussions lined up for you tonight with little conversation between myself, Celeste, Aaron, and John Paul about Japan's silver-haired cheer squad. We're also going to be talking about some recent protests in Japan as well, about the Tokyo Olympics, so quite Japan-centric earlier in the show. But we're also going to chat a little bit about a poor man who got stuck on a glass bridge in a Chinese mountain and also some discussions about the latest anime and manga news. But right now, let's go into another song by AMPM featuring Kimberly Chen called Afterglow. Keep on listening here on Sin. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. The first song was AMPM's Afterglow featuring Kimberly Chen. After that was Suara Kayu's 24 Jam. And the last song you heard was Ariel Tsai's To Youth 2021 because this particular cheer squad doesn't leave things just to the youth. We are going to chat a little bit about the silver-haired cheer squad that is rocking Japan at the moment. So let's hear it from past me to take it away. All right, let's try this. When I say Asian pop, you say nation. Asian pop. Nation. 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 So as Aaron tries to overcome his confusion, I thought we should let you know that Japan Pom Pom, a cheerleading squad that has recently resumed practice again in Tokyo after taking a year off due to the pandemic, is no ordinary cheer squad. It's a cheer squad that actually is made up of members aged 60 to 89 years old, still got it in them, probably can think of better cheers than (laughs) we can. But yeah, Japan Pom Pom is often featured a lot in government pamphlets for active seniors and has been on some news outlets recently and thought maybe we could talk a little bit about what are some of the things you all hope to be doing at their age and you reach 60 or 89 and I hope to be active what do you hope you're still doing is it lawn bowls mahjong I um, expect to be doing exactly what Japan Pom Pom are doing <laughs> I want to cheerlead like yeah that's that's awesome for them I Wait. want that energy you said 60 to 89, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that's old. That like, is. Man, I doubt I'll be that active in that <laughs> age. And I wish I was. Maybe I should join a cheerleading squad. What do you imagine you'd be doing at 60 to 89 oh, if you God. reach that age? I'm probably the type to just sit inside and draw and like let my <laughs> legs waste away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, isn't it? I feel like there's a lot of elderly Asian people very active. Like I remember going to China and having seeing mainly elderly people in the parks using all the exercise equipment or like doing Tai Chi. That's the thing. There's exercise equipment like freely available within Asia, and that's why elderly people do it because it's free and because they're Asian, they're cheap. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have that here, like. There's no yeah. free or like good exercise equipment outdoors where you can just go on. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Exercise equipment here is trash, man. Like out in the public <laughs> parks, they're nothing. Like just you get this cheap looking like plastic bike thing with no resistance whatsoever. <laughs> man, I wouldn't you can't want change that the person. resistance. Yeah, man, it's like a concrete playground over there in Asia. Like I had a cousin that went to China and she saw this like 80 year old dude doing these horizontal like pull-ups on the bars. Yeah. Like, his body was horizontal to the ground. It was crazy. 
I don't even see anyone on outdoor exercise equipment, like of any age. No one no. uses it. <laughs> and if they do, it's not for the purpose that they were intended. <laughs> but Aaron, what do you hope you'll be doing when you reach your senior years? It's a bit too far for me, but hmm, I guess I can go involved with card games. Yeah, that's if a good not, chat. If not, I can try bowling. Yeah, I don't think of that. <laughs> lawn balls. Like lawn balls are just actual like lane way. And both. I used to do well, I used to do bowling and I did lawn bowling once with a group of elderly people in Bendigo, but that's a different story altogether. But overall, I don't mind I wouldn't mind doing both to be honest. Nice. Oh yeah. darts. I gotta try darts one day. <laughs> yeah, I guess once you reach retirement age, it's a lot of time to try new things, but I guess not exactly the most able body to do. Well, them. Aaron said it's a long time to think about. Exactly. Mm. But I'm thinking, you know, when you hit 60, you get your seniors card discounts. Like, come on. Mm. <laughs> can't wait for true. cheap meals. I to be 60. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> 60 is the new, like, 18, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you know any elderly people in your life that are doing some incredibly active things that make us feel bad because we're not, at least I'm not particularly active, let us know. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find us by searching Asian Pop Nation, and you can let us know there. That was a row of three back-to-back songs here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin. The first one was Oh My Girls, Dun Dun Dance from Korea. Then we jumped over to Taiwan with a song by 3P featuring Priscilla Abbey called I Love You. I as in like the apple of my eye. And the last song you heard was Sawano Hiroyuki's Avid featuring Mizuki. And certain groups that are currently avid at the moment is protesters calling for the Tokyo Olympics to be cancelled. Let's hear more about what happened right now here on Asian Puff Nation on Sin. Last segment, we talked about really old cheerleaders. Very interesting. And just in the context of staying active, the Tokyo Olympics, and we all know that's being pushed forward this year in spite of the COVID pandemic. And with only 1% of the population vaccinated in Japan, many citizens are actually calling for the Olympics to be postponed or cancelled. Uh, lots of controversy surrounding that. Just mentioning COVID in general as well, there was a Japanese port town called Noto, where flying squid was a delicacy. They used a lot of their COVID relief funds to actually build a 13-meter-long squid to attract tourists. They say the statue costs around $228,000 to make. That's a lot of money in COVID relief funds. Uh, there seems to be quite a lot of a uh, mess going on in Japan. Does anyone have any saucy, saucy opinions on these things? <laughs> I guess, like, what do does everyone think about the Olympics going ahead? Is that a good call? Like, I would love to see the Olympics, but not to the extent that it might cause a spike in COVID cases. I think it has to go ahead, mostly because so much money has been lost um, since last year up until now, and we can't just keep pushing it back. It's what going to be so out of line with how the Olympics usually work, which is every four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's as safe as it's going to get, I guess. No overseas spectators are allowed, so that reduces the risk a lot. Look, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a very different Olympics if it does end up being the case. I 
Just wonder, is cancellation just definitely not on the cards? Would it be a postponement if we do decide to go ahead with it? Because like you said, Celeste, it'll be a bit unfair if the next Olympics, if we do it next year, ends up being <laughs> two years away. <laughs> but Aaron, do you follow the Olympics much? No. Do you watch any sports <laughs> when they come on TV during Olympics season? No. Does anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I only watch the swimming because that kind of, tends to be the only thing that they like to show. But I oh, yeah. personally enjoyed the gymnastics, although people may argue that it's not a real sport, but it's a real sport um, to me. Excuse me. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it can be a bit repetitive to watch, but I do enjoy the opening ceremony. That's my favorite bit. <laughs> I think you're crazy. The opening ceremony looks, well, the opening ceremony is good, but I feel like they're watching the same things happening inside the spots. I just feel a bit boring, a bit repetitive. So I just kind of zoned out a bit a lot of times. Mm. Yeah. I enjoy snowboarding though. That's it. More of a winter Olympics. Yeah, that's another thing is that if we go ahead, if we don't do these Olympics or if you decide to postpone it, it'll probably coincide with the Olymp- winter Olympics, which I guess is a good and bad thing. If we, I don't know whether winter Olympics is happening this though, but we'll see if that goes ahead. But does anyone remember the Chinese Beijing Olympics? Or- yeah. <laughs> 2008, I think. Yeah, that was really big back then. It yeah. was like a big deal, wasn't it? It was like China's first thing or something. Mm. And I don't know, my family, because we're Chinese, we were like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> wasn't that back in 2008 or something? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll go. I don't remember anything, but I was on like this Olympics binge. Like I was just watching opening ceremonies, not to study. And opening ceremonies are very long. Um, And so I remember revisiting the Beijing Olympics. And I think, yeah, the best part personally was the the drums. Oh, yeah. And then like they glow in the dark and oh, it's a great performance. Yeah. That's kind of what I was hoping with Japan is that it'll be something as epic or as cool. Yeah. Yes, because like Japan has their own specific way of welcoming guests with drums, and it's just like so thrilling. <laughs> oh, the taiko drums, man! Yeah, it'd be yeah, awesome. Really cool. Oh well, we'll see what it looks like. It's probably going to be so different though if we do end up seeing the Olympics going ahead. But JP, what can people do if they want to tell us more about the Olympics? Well, if you want to tell us more about the Olympics, let us. Oh my gosh! Know. Wait, wait, wait! We forgot to talk about the squid. Oh, the oh we can talk about. We'll talk about That's it after. Right. We'll come back to it. <laughs> All right, uh, segment people. <laughs> Another segment. All right, but I mean, anyway, if you want to let us know more about the Olympics, your thoughts on it, or just cool Olympics facts, let us know on our socials: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, wherever you can find us. <laughs> uh, yeah, let us know. You just heard four songs from around East Asia, Southeast Asia, and South Asia with the first song by Chikot from Japan and their song Bakuro before hopping over Northwest to Korea with their song Sumin featuring Zion T called Cream Pung. After that, we jumped to Malaysia with a song by Tuju called Ralit featuring Malik Abdullah and the last song you heard was from India by Frizzell D'Souza called Foolish Once Again. And talk about being slightly foolish. There is a town in Japan that has used their COVID relief funding for a very interesting purpose. But why say more when you can hear it here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin? Okay, so last segment we talked about the Olympics and COVID, but we completely forgot to talk about the flying squids. 
Yeah, how could we miss that? Yeah, uh, so just to like recap, this Japanese port town called Noto, they received a big sum of COVID relief funds. And instead of actually using them, they made a big 13 meter long squid statue to attract tourists. And it cost around, what, $200,000 to make? $200,000 US dollars. So that's quite a lot of money to use for a statue, which you could have used for, I don't know. Helping people not get COVID. It's a pretty messy, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, just a little. Does anyone actually want to go see those giant statues? I know Australia has a lot of them. No, they're boring. <laughs> just look at it and that's it. Statues, huh? I've been to a few in Australia. It's like a giant koala or. It's like, wow, it's just giant. a big koala. <laughs> yeah. like, or a giant ram or something like that. Some of them you can actually climb inside, but it's not like a spectacular view either. So there's really not much you could do with the squid except maybe a good Instagram picture. Um, <laughs> do you really even. want it as an Instagram picture? It's kind of <laughs> ugly. <laughs> but what do you think would have been better to attract tourists, I suppose? To- well, if you think about it, this is COVID, right? Is attracting tourists really a good idea? <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that's fundamentally even a good choice. What do you think, Zanya? Oh, yeah, that is a very good point. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, attracting tourists is probably a later issue. Can't really attract more tourists without getting COVID cases controlled. Well, at the same time, though, this is like a port town out at the edge of Japan, right? And there's it's quite a common story, like a lot of towns or villages in the fringes of, I guess, more urban society. A lot of the young people, they start moving out in the economy just in general, less jobs there. So must have been a very difficult decision to make, huh? I think they rely heavily on tourism. Yeah, so. yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? I'm like now thinking, I'm not sure if it was the worst decision or the best decision because now I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's a squid. Let's go see it just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah, you know? And like, you know, they're, they're a port town. No one goes there. So you may as well generate some income through making a squid. Who knows? Maybe this was like a really good 4D chess move. <laughs> yeah, maybe they knew. Who knows? It's like, yes, I need a photo in front of this 230 grand squid. <laughs> it has to be worth it. Squid? Yeah, that's how much it costs to build this squid. <laughs> oh, now I want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what that amount of money feels like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, you see this? It's working. It's working. <laughs> yeah, attention. It's latching onto our minds. Man, those guys are geniuses. Maybe we should go. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Do you think there's problem. someone that specializes in making giant things? Like, someone has oh, to make Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, prop probably. makers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, they must be rolling in it now. <laughs> I oh, wish yeah. I had $200,000. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about this, right, if this decision is actually a really good one and it does boost like the economy of this little port town, Noto, they'll have more money to use for COVID relief. Oh, yeah. Big brain. <laughs> as long as they exceed like the 230,000 yeah. mark. Yeah. Dude, I used to think these guys were dumb, but now they're like, <laughs> oh my God. Gosh. They've got smart thinking, you know, yeah, Asian speak. Is- Think of investment for the future. Yeah, stonks, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so yeah, if you have any thoughts about big flying squids, and if we, we all have, have thoughts, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all true. I ever think about. <laughs> In addition to big flying squids, if you have any thoughts about uh, investing and regenerating economy, uh, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> wherever you find us. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. The first song we played was My Dear Darlin's Flower. After that was Terence Yu Fei's and Serini's Ching Chun Song. And after that was Kat Kamel's George. Now, this upcoming discussion is actually about a gorge, which had a glass bridge where a poor man in China actually got stuck after high winds blew and broke parts of the glass bridge. But... Celeste here has some more details on that, so keep on listening here on Sin. So I know we've been talking about Japan, but I think it's time to talk about China, you know, China represent. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, in recent news um, in China, uh, I don't know if you guys know about the glass bridges that they have. Is it like a tourist attraction thing? Oh, that sounds pretty, uh, that's pretty crazy. I think I'd be too scared to go on those. Yeah, because they're super high up. They're placed in mountains and it's just glass floor so you can look down. Oh, that's messed up. The floor and stuff. And you think, whoa, that is dangerous. But (laughs) the glass is meant to be strong. However, in recent news, a man was left dangling from a 100 meter high glass bridge at Pian Mountain. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong (laughs) in northeast of China after the panels were damaged in high winds that reached up to 150 kilometers per hour. And China's believed to have about 2,300 glass bridges. And I think that's way too many, <laughs> if you ask me. And there is what done to like, attract thrill-seeking tourists. And yeah, another way of attracting tourists. <laughs> yeah, lots about tourism today. Yeah. Yeah, actually. <laughs> now that mm. I think about it. Yeah, what would you go on those bridges and are you afraid of heights? What do you think about just this whole in general? Because, well, now that you've told me this news, no, I'm not going on them. I don't want to go. Yeah, I feel like if I was that guy, I would never go on one of those bridges again. (laughs) Just scarred for life. But I think it'd be cool. Yeah, don't do that either. (laughs) I think there's also, it'd be one of those things that I think I'd want to try, but. It's the extent of my my want to experiment with heights. Like I could go on like really tall skyscrapers or bridges, but I just would not want to do skydiving or bungee jumping. No, thank you. To <laughs> as long as I know it's safe. Yeah. To. <laughs> what about you, Aaron? Nope, not going any of them. <laughs> Nothing. What's the extent of your thrill seeking? Like, is there anything you'd want to kind of do that's adventurous? Uh, nothing related to heights, nothing related to flying, nothing related to falling, nothing related to so just jumping the floor. Nothing I like the ground. Nothing related to the ground. I am safe on the ground. How do you feel about oceans? I can take a boat. That's yeah. the only thing I will take. And You're not scared goes. of the ocean? <laughs> no. That's no, good. I'm not afraid of the ocean. I don't like flying. I'm afraid of heights. Although I've been on the spinning wheel thing in Melbourne, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like a ferris wheel is that okay yeah that's okay because i'm inside of a box <laughs> yeah are, aren't you inside of a box when you're in a plane as well yeah but the thing is i'm looking at the engine of one of those flying wheelie things <laughs> <laughs> i always keep an eye on that if that thing goes boom 
I am You see all those videos, right? Of like, oh no, the engine just like exploded, and oh. then ah, uh, nah. It's safe to an extent because yeah. they can usually land a plane before anything else gets serious. So you're fine. They usually have like four engines on there. So if one goes down, you're still it's capable of flying. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still not going anywhere. You said you're fine with oceans. Are you okay with like shark cages? Don't let me go in there. <laughs> yeah, swimming with sharks. I'd probably right. pick swimming with sharks over glass bridges. Why? Yeah. Glass bridges, you just have to walk <laughs> along it and like hopefully they chain you up to it like the side so you can just have like some reassurance that you're not going to fall through. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just more like I feel safer in a cage. I don't think the sharks will hurt me. Oh my God. <laughs> the wind in the other hand and the height, maybe. <laughs> I wonder if there's bungee jumping experiences there. How did, oh, Aaron, have you ever done like a giant swing? Yeah. Twice. How was that? Uh, let's just say I'm not going one by myself. I'm one company. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> they told us to pull the rope. I was like, okay, I'm going to pull the rope. I pulled the wrong rope. And I realized oh. the was. And this is at New South Wales at a park. Oh no. Yeah, it was a rope and it's told me it's on your right. So I pulled the one on the right and it's not there. And then I pulled the one on the left and I realized I pulled the right one. And now we know where Aaron's fear of heights began. <laughs> For those listening at home, let us know if you would want to still go on these glass bridges or have any thrill-seeking experiences that you want to share, just message us on facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation or on Twitter and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Those were four back-to-back songs here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin, our flagship Asian pop culture and media show. The first song was from Korea by Blitzers called Breathe Again. After that, we jumped to a song by Australian-Taiwanese artist Julia Wu called Paris. After that, for our third song, we played Zach Tabudlo's Hindi no Kaya from the Philippines. And then we jumped back to Korea with a song by JB called Switch It Up featuring Sokodomo. And someone else that's been switching it up is an Indonesian teacher who's been dressing up as a clown to teach his students the Quran. So let's hear what the APN team had to say about that right now here on Sin. So a teacher at an orphanage in the Indonesian city of Tangerang, uh, he's become quite famous for wearing colorful clown costumes and makeup to teach Islamic studies to kids during Ramadan. Um, he also teaches with his five-year-old son, who he dresses up as a little baby clown. It's like a prop, you know, like a prop for the kids to, to laugh at in a way. Uh, in addition to teaching kids in this very fun and entertaining way, he also takes on part-time entertainment and performance jobs, too. And through those, he teaches religious values and includes literacy programs, too. And just through all of these exploits, he's become a bit of a local hero in his city. A very, very interesting guy. Quite wholesome, too. Anyone have any thoughts on this? Does anyone here wish they had a clown teacher? Anyone uh, scared of clowns? <laughs> I'm not, but I wouldn't want my teacher to dress up as a clown. <laughs> Maybe yeah, like wonder. a superhero or something else, just not a clown. Yeah. Mm. I wonder, why a clown? I don't know. I think it's always, well, traditionally been more of a entertainment, comedic relief. Mm. And then you see it and it's like, no. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> no clowns for me. But Aaron, you were very quick to say no. Why, why no? Don't like clowns. Blame Ben 10 for that. Ben 10 had a clown? 
there yeah. are clowns in Ben 10? Yes, I had a clown of Ben 10. Oh man, was there like a spooky clown episode? It wasn't like one of those in his Omnitrix, was it like? No, this is no, this is the same episode that Ghost Freak started to scare Bumzo, the clown thing. It's been so long since I've watched Ben 10. Yeah, ben 10 to me is a fairly recent thing. So it's just like <laughs> this is the original Ben 10. Right? Yeah, this is original back in season one. Yeah, how'd we, how'd we get to Ben 10 though? Oh yeah, clowns. Oh, that's right, clowns. You know, I don't I don't know if you guys have watched this movie, but he reminds me of this movie, Patch Adams. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't, John Full. You've no, never you mentioned it before. Never ever. Yeah. <laughs> never ever. Well, I mean, Patch, Patch Adams is basically is about this doctor who kind of dresses up as a clown and uses laughter as therapy for a lot of his children, his children patients. So I, I, I've seen, I'm seeing a little bit of a parallel here, and it's kind of nice to see, you know, because um, when it comes to teaching kids, it's, it's not good to be really stiff and scary, you know. It's better to be, like, approachable and fun. Yeah, I, I agree. Know. Yeah, I'm not sure if clown... Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many better costumes. Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> You know, but it does show that the teacher is dedicated to what they're doing. Yeah, so, he's dedicated. Kudos to him. Yeah, and at least from what I've read, he seems um yeah very passionate about his work, and a lot of people seem to love him. Yeah, local town hero. Nice to see. So, if you ever wished you had a clown teacher, uh, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Feel free to leave more like cool clown facts as well. I don't know. <laughs> Don't, don't give us clown photos, please. Don't, don't give okay. us any creepy yeah. clown photos. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave that in. Try, try to leave make it in. polite, right? Yeah. This is Senya, your EP here at Asian Pop Nation on Sin. The first song you've heard was Guyon Watton's Pisa. After that was One Us's Black Mirror. And the last song you just heard was Ray's Lai Buji Shuo Zaijian. Now, guess what time it is? Anime attack! Well, 25 years has been a long time. It's not as long as The Simpsons, but... Wait, no, it is a lot longer than The Simpsons, but that doesn't matter the point. Today, we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of Detective Conan. And especially, this is an episodic anime. Today, we are celebrating the 25th anniversary <laughs> for the movie that's coming out, that came out today at the time of this recording, on May 13th, called Detective Conan the Movie, The Scarlet Bullet. And we'll be heading to Australia... Right now, today, and we're not sure if it's going to be running in for a week or maybe two. We're not sure about that still. But anyhow, we are celebrating this 25th anniversary movie that'll be coming to cinema. So, I got a question, everyone. Have you all seen Detective Conan? No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Oh, I haven't, but I've seen, I've seen oh, pictures. Okay. I've seen pictures on Google Images. Uh, yeah, like, I always see pictures of Detective Conan, but I've never been interested enough to, like, read it. I get confused with Detective Conan and the guy that, like, points in the courtroom with the funky uh, hair. Oh. Eternity. <laughs> My goodness. God, I gotta play that game one day again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's the same kind of like, it's an image that's popular in my mind. And since they kind of combine with like the idea of finding justice, I'm not sure if Detective Conan is all about like seeking the truth. Anyway, that's, that's me. But Aaron, have you seen all of it? No. <laughs> no, it's still going. But have you? Are you up to date? Is it? No, not of course. Twenty-five years is a long time. 
just like to keep writing this. My God, <sighs> like so far the manga is still going. We got like ninety nine volumes. We're almost to hundred. And Whoa. right now, episode wise, we are just at one thousand and five episodes <laughs> into the series. I'm not joking. Beat that One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> one Piece is almost there. <laughs> so, what experience have you had prior to watching the movie? No, I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm seeing that next week on Tuesday. I seen episode one movie. That's it. Which basically just a retelling of the first, basically the first two episodes of the TV series. That's it. Oh. And then I seen the first four episodes of the TV show when I was just intrigued by Detective Conan. But that's pretty much it for me. Did you see the appeal? God, this is like early, like the show is like back from like the late '90s when the first episode appeared. But what's um, wrong with that? 96 shows are good, aren't they? Yeah, they have good shows. Cowboy Bebop for starters, but that doesn't matter anyway. Uh. I found the show a bit kind of boring. I mean, I probably just get up to like one episode. If I had the chance, I'll probably just watch one episode per 100 series. That's it. <laughs> wow. Okay. If I had the chance, I'd probably watch like 13 episodes within the, hundred, within the 1,000 episodes we have so far. Well, I mean, for the uninitiated, I mean, how does Detective Conan work? Like, how's each episode formatted? You know how we got shows like, say, NCIS and uh, Criminal Minds and all that stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. It's basically like episodic episodes. That's it. We got like a case within 24 minutes. We got Detective Conan figure out what is this case all about? What is going on? We'll solve it in that 24-minute episode. Oh, I see. And they drag it out for like, how many episodes? 1,000, did you say? Like, yeah, what? 1,000 or so. <laughs> yeah. Sure that they run out oh of mysteries. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a good formula, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, you could just make up whatever and, you know, bring it to the director. Yeah, let's just let's just animate that. Go. It <laughs> <laughs> gets to a point where it's like you're just milking what it is and then it's not good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like neighbors, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but you have news, JP, don't you? Oh, yeah, there's, um, here's another piece of anime news. You guys know Tokyo Ghoul, right? We do. Yeah, they're really edgy manga about the boy that gets turned into a monster that can only eat humans. Like, that'll be messed up. But I mean, anyway, the author of Tokyo Ghoul, the original manga, he's come back with Yay! a manga called Trojan X. I have, like, no idea what it's about yet. We only have one chapter. <laughs> but Trojan X uh, translated means Superman X, like Overman X, you know? And from what I can gather, it's basically a story about, like, an, a parallel timeline Japan where people with superpowers exist. After some near-death experiences, two main characters end up becoming Superman in some very strange way. Not exactly like the most, ooh, new epic premise, but this is Ishida Sui. He's kind of like a master of the whole psychological drama thing. So I'm pretty excited to see where this goes. Yeah. I heard that the chapter, first chapter was really long. I guess yeah, it's, compared it's to- very long. Okay, you see, all right, let me tell you a story about Ishida Sui. So this guy's a madman, like an absolute workaholic. Like, So when he was making Tokyo Ghoul, he had to draw about like 20 pages a week. Like imagine doing that. Like just think. For a few seconds what that's like okay okay now alongside that he was also drawing a bunch of illustrations he was also working on some work for a visual novel in the works called jack john which i think actually released quite recently and he also made like these manga drafts for the second season of the tokyo ghoul anime so he was doing all of those things at once 
like absolute madman. Um, does he love what he does? Or he yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, what kind of person does all this work without liking it? You know. Um, but from at least from what I've read with this new manga, it's his schedule is going to be a lot more lenient now. So he's not going to be set on a very strict schedule. He gets a lot of time. He gets to do whatever he wants. Like this first chapter, no assistance. He had no assistance. He just made the whole thing by himself, and he's yeah, just slowly. I'm excited to see. Because he did get burnt out near the end of the Tokyo Ghoul manga run, so I'm really excited to see what Ishida Sui looks like unleashed. You know, with the freedom. Yeah, with the freedom. Like, what kind of wacky stuff is he gonna come up with? Yeah. Is there any other anime news? Uh, I mean, not that I know of, because I've been in my own little fruits basket world. Oh, um, fruits basket. How's that going? It's been going so good. Oh, <laughs> I feel like it's the end of the series. We're going to have a massive like 10 minute talk about Fruits Basket. Yeah, it'll be like a Fruits Basket hour. Anyway, it's just good because it's been like all this build up. It's a lot of fans who have read the manga are like, this is the season where things are going down. This is going to be the dramatic climax. And it has been. It has been quite dark at times, but it's really, mm-hmm. it's so good. Like this one is probably almost... Like out of left field, especially the ending. Um, we're talking about what episode? Uh, season three, episode six. It was so foolish. Yeah. Yes, that was that was really good. But I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it because you really need to watch it. And don't spoil it for yourself like I did, having not read the manga, having not watched the first anime adaptation i decided to spoil myself and see who she ends up with <laughs> i do that all the time i like want to know if it's worth my time why would you do that i don't know i was like oh i was surprised and then i was like okay i'll see how this plays out and how we see her kind of get interested in him and i, I was convinced Although there's there some interesting explanations for why the other guy didn't really like her romantically anymore what did you think about that aaron <laughs> In the second season, when he says that she's like a mother to me or something like that. Oh, Yuki, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was actually really good because, like, we saw Yuki's bit of a backstory in season two and a little bit of season one. Mm. All that stuff. It was like, oh, isn't that sweet? But at the same time, I was kind of thinking that, like, there's going to be a little bit of romantic involved in it. And then, like, when, she, when he told friend while well, involved with, like, the presidency club, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that is actually... That's actually understandable. I like that, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's now come to a point where it's a bit more like understanding because I think what he really wanted was someone to sort of rely on him. Yeah. And I guess with the new romantic interest, Machi, she definitely, they fit together nicely, especially that episode about this, the snow, the footprints on the snow. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good episode. Oh, it's too many good episodes. Wait, hold up. Was it a love triangle or is it no longer a triangle? It's, like- it's, it's no, no longer a triangle story. anymore. There's no love triangle. Okay. It's now like all these other barriers hindering them from getting to each oh, other. Okay. <laughs> like trauma and like the future and how it's likely they're not going to be together, but we all know how this ends. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was really looking forward to this episode in particular because of the sheet scene. For those who don't know, it's like this moment because they can't hug a member of the opposite sex. They turn into an animal of the Zodiac. So she's hanging out like bed sheets. And then there's this emotional dialogue about her childhood trauma and her father's death. And then eventually they like embrace. It's just like, yeah, it's a beautiful moment. Wait, like, it's so cheesy. I love it. <laughs> 
Sorry? Like through the sheets? Through the sheets. Because because they know that they can't hug because they'll turn. So, but then he transforms anyway because it's too close for it to be. Okay. Emotional. Emotional. Yes. That's so sweet. You remember how we talked about (laughs) Valentine's Day and the Kabedon and how we won the Kabedon? Now let's have to like (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's the, the newest thing, but it needs to have that element of like we can't hug each other or else, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you turn into a cat. <laughs> anyway, yeah. This. If the show ends, we are still going to have like a 10 minute like episode for this whole <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, I also want to have a little side note about this. Also a sequel slash spinoff to Fruit Another, stuff. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, I was so disappointed that we didn't get to see their faces. Like, we didn't get to meet the original cast. It's just their children, but that's all right. I'm okay with that nonetheless. <laughs> yes. We still got the male presidential fan club. That yeah. <laughs> never left the school. Yeah. But we'll, we can definitely talk about that after. We'll see whether they actually make, I don't know, an OVA about it. Probably not, but oh, well, I'm okay with what we got. Yeah, we, we've got a good series. That's for sure. It's one of the best. But Aaron, did you want to tell us what people can do if they want to tell us about Detective Coden, the new Trojan X and Fruits Basket? <laughs> oh boy, where do I start? Okay, let's do this. <clears throat> so if you all want to see Detective Conan on cinemas, you can watch it all in your local theaters. I'm assuming, well, select the local theaters anyway, close to your other from Hoyt's Village or some other cinemas along the line, of course, along those lines. And you can watch Detective Conan on May 13th. Well, currently right now and cinema right now, but also, will you watch the movie? Talk about that and the doo and all Sin APN Facebook page or something on the side. And also the same with Tokyo Gold Manga as well. Are you excited for this new project and all that stuff? If so, give us a loving support to Shin Ishiduda for his brand new manga that'll be coming out. And I hope we'll get a physical release in English. And also, Frisk Basket. Please give some love for Frisk Basket. That's it. But yeah, what do you think of a Frisk Basket? That's all I can say. Ruba forever. <laughs> was Wagaki Band's song Starlight. Before that was Olivia Rodrigo's Good For You. She's absolutely been dominating the pop music scene as of late. And the first song was Bella Porch's Build A B. Thanks for listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We really loved having you here tonight. If you missed out on any of our awesome discussions with myself, Aaron, Celeste and JP, you can find them on our podcast which you can find wherever you get your podcasts don't forget to also send through any song requests if you'd like us to play them just let us know on facebook instagram or twitter just find us with the tag asian pop nation and we're going to leave you with a song by kang daniel featuring loco called outer space and after that a song by jimmy brown called never knew thanks for listening hope you tune in next week and in the meantime enjoy the rest of your night this is senya signing off (laughs) 